Hey everybody, welcome back to the Commander's Vault. I'm JB. And I'm Dale. And today we are coming at you with some new Capenna stuff. Uh, new Capenna is the next set after Neon Destiny. I know, it's a little soon. Uh, I've barely finished cracking all my collector boosters for Neon Destiny. And uh, we're on to the new set, so I guess, uh, you know, they gotta, they gotta extort my wallet. Uh, pay one black, uh, pay one white, you know, extort <laughs> the shit out of my wallet. Alright, uh, so what we know is that Wizards released a pretty decently long YouTube video. I think it was like almost an hour. And um, what we know is that we're going back to shards. If you're unfamiliar with the shards, it is a reference to the set Shards of Alara, where they did their first tricolor uh, themed set. So each set each shard has a name and its associated colors and we're going back to that so um <clears throat> uh dale if you want to start us off with obscura yeah so obscura is going to be a shard that is going to be white blue and black and it's comprised of wizards and mystics that use their powers to deceive and blackmail using illusions and hidden mechanisms to orchestrate scenarios and manipulate and to manipulate the outcomes into their own benefit. Uh, they endeavor to maintain a sense of normalcy in their everyday lives in order to run their schemes without being detected. Uh, to me, this sounds pretty cool. I mean... So white, blue, black, if you're unfamiliar with the shards, white, blue, black is called Esper. Uh, Esper was a particularly artifact-focused plane, and I think this whole set is going to be a new look at the shards and how they're perceived, because anyone you say Esper to, they immediately think control, they immediately think artifacts, they immediately think, you know, uh, very, very set expectations of what is gonna is what's going to come out of your deck if you say you're running Esper. I'm curious of uh, like the term that they used, hidden mechanisms, whether they might mean something like traps. I mean, that's not a very common thing in Magic. It has been like trap cards. So I don't like maybe it has something to do with that, or maybe it is going to be more artifact-based style stuff. But okay, I mean, yeah, yeah, it seems interesting. Uh, the next we have the Maestros, which is old money vampires who love the finer things of life. They maintain a public front in the likes of an art gallery that helps keep the artworks of old Capenna alive. Beneath the veneer, they're shadowy cabal with a goal of keeping and maintaining wealth. Uh, so that's Grixis. It's blue, black, red. Uh, Grixis was the, were the colors of reanimation and uh, essentially a lot of attrition-like effects, a lot of sacrificing, a lot of uh, things like that. So... I mean, I think that pretty much falls in line with vampires. Yeah. yeah. That's why the vampires themselves have the the aristocrat. There's a style of deck called aristocrats where you're constantly sacrificing your own things in order to uh, destroy things of your opponents, to get them to lose life, to, to manipulate their game plan with, with your sacrifices. So that's pretty straightforward. I, I think... Uh, I think that tracks pretty well. Uh, but blue vampires. 
Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, if we see some is it colored vampires, uh, Rakdos vampires are pretty standard, bog standard. Yeah. Um, but uh, is it and even we even got some Demir vampires in the newest uh, Ravnica set, like the Demir like mind fuckler people. Yeah. Those those were considered vampires. Um, but so I, maybe we'll get some more Demir vampires. Maybe we'll get some more or get some Is it vampires, which I don't think we have. I don't think there is an Is it vampire. Yeah, I can't think of any off of the top of my head. I mean, I know we have blue black vampires, we have black vampires, we have red vampires. So it would only seem logical to now get blue red vampires. Yeah, I mean, uh, before we get too far for. Anyone who doesn't know that this set is a, a mob, mobster style themed set. So it's like basically kind of like the 1920s uh, film noir style mobster world. So all of these, uh, these shards, uh, these families are supposed to be like mob style families. So uh, the next one is uh, the Riveteers, which is going to be black, red, green. And they're uh, considered the destruction workers. Artisans that can break buildings as easily as kneecaps. They're a rowdy brute force crime faction. Their skills in construction allow them to be skilled in demolition and intimidation. As artisans, they've transformed the lower levels of the city into a lair worthy of their draconic leader. Okay, so we're getting a John Dragon. Yeah. Probably. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, John Dragon, like underworld boss style, just ruthless. Yeah, uh, so Jund itself as a shard is particularly good at blowing shit up and benefiting from blowing shit up. Um, the Jund style, uh, one of the first, you know, commanders was Aiden Oakenshield from Legends. Old school there. Yeah, yeah. and uh, his ability just reanimate something like for, uh, I think it's three. You can three tap three and tap him and reanimate a creature. So yeah, it's uh, pretty solid reanimation colors. Uh, I think that's what we're going to get. Uh, it's pretty, pretty kind of cut and dry. There's no, you know, in that color combination, I don't see really anything that will surprise me. Yeah, I mean, the description of the family pretty much sums up those colors pretty good. You know, I kind of want the Riveteers to be goblin-based. Like, the Shattergang brothers were literally a gang of goblins who were Jund colors. Uh, their brother, There were three brothers, but one of them was killed by Cranko. So they're, the Shatter Bros have like a you know, a, a, a vendetta against against Cranko. But like it fairly fits the goblin, you know, blow shit up and use things in your graveyard to blow shit up and I mean I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get some goblins, maybe uh some uh uh, uh what are they called? The the like lizard guys. Viachinos. Viachinos, yes. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get some Viachinos and goblins both in the mix there. It seems on on color. Yeah. 
the next is the Cabarettis. Uh, the green, red, white, which would be Naya, is a fun-loving cult of druids. They throw the hottest parties in town and everyone wants to be seen at them. They use ancient magic to sway the opinions of the mass to keep the, the halo flowing. The party never ends if you keep paying, but if you stop, you may find it hard to believe. Now, for me, I was actually most interested in keeping the halo flowing. I'm like, what does that actually mean? And it was mentioned uh, quite a few times in that video about the halo and the flow of it. So I'm assuming it's some type of like planner resource or energy or something. But yeah, it's uh, I mean, Naya druids. Okay, that's pretty solid. I mean, the, there's there's white druids, there's green druids, and there's red druids. Yeah. So, Standard. What a surprise. Uh, it's It seems like it's going to be the, you know, feel good. This is like the bards of the of the set. But the most, the the one that I'm looking the most forward to is, is the one that Dale's going to go over next. Uh, and the next family is the Brokers. It's going to be green, white, blue. And it's the Demonic Lawyers, which is kind of funny in my opinion. Just demon lawyers. Uh, a group that secretly believes in a doomsday prophecy that when the halo dries up, New Capino will fall. Typically, they maintain public offices handling mundane affairs, but have a knack for always showing up to every crisis in the city. So again, we get that the halo drying up, like that last little bit though reminds me of like Better Call Saul. Like, <laughs> if you yeah. need an injury lawyer, please contact the brokers. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm looking at this like, okay, so there is definitely something going on here that these demons are showing up to every single crisis. Are they? secretly behind it are they influencing it or do they just happen to have some like knowledge that you know other families don't happen to have yeah yeah and the the colors is really interesting for demons it's literally all the colors that demons aren't yeah exactly so there's no black no red um really interested to see how they decide to handle that I mean, the artwork that they showed during the video was uh, Obnixilus just standing over this other demon. Like, this guy was just, like, basically destroyed. And in a previous artwork, that demon actually looked really big. And so Obnixilus just towering over him. And I'm just, like, thinking to myself, like, dude, Obnixilus, for one, I have a demon's deck right now. And I have, like, every Obnixilis card in there. So I'm just like, oh, dude, what is this Obnixilis going to be? Because I know it's going to be in the set. It, dude, what is it going to be? Like, getting a brand new tri-colored demon commander, maybe? Oh, man, I don't know. That would be cool. My brain's just going crazy right now. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, I'm still digesting Neon Destiny, but I do think that this is going to be a pretty cool set. Especially if they're twisting the way you look at the shards. Um, just to put it in perspective, green, white, blue was the Bant shard, which was considered like the good shard, like the 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 unequivocally good guys. Like 
you know, you probably heard of Rafik the Many. Yep, that yep. was from that was from that. He's from Bant. Um, I think Janara Azura of War. Or is that no? That's yeah. That's Bant. Yeah. So I'm just thinking maybe this set is about to just throw everything we thought about shards like into the fire and just flip it upside down and and like demons are going to be the good people on this plane and like the saviors of whatever happens and like these other guilds that normally would be like good are bad or corrupted or something because we also still have to think about we've gotten the praetors in the last couple sets is there going to be a praetor i haven't really I don't, heard anything so on it yet maybe let me, this is my theory so we got a praetor in Kaldheim. we did not get one in strixhaven we got a praetor in neon destiny i do not think we're going to get a praetor in new companion okay interesting all right i like that i did not notice that we didn't get one in strixhaven but you are right we yeah. didn't so I think they're going to keep the Praetors to an every other. So we got Vorn, Klex, and Kaldheim, yep. and Jingataxis. Okay. Now, if they were to put a Praetor in here, it, in my opinion, is obviously Elish Norn. That's what I was She's thinking, She's the mob too. boss. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, what I was thinking. Um, yeah, they're... It would have to be Elish Norn. Like, there's no way if they decide to put a Praetor in here that there would be, you know... I don't know. It, it just doesn't make sense for anybody else. Well, also in the artwork that I've seen, Elspeth is, is on this flapper. plane. So, yes, <laughs> is a flapper. And if anybody doesn't know what a flapper is, just look up 1920s flappers and you'll get an idea of yeah. it. But... So I'm interested in that as well because, like, it really seems like Elspeth gets the short end of the stick All the in time. like every single set. You know, she just is always on the losing end of things. So I'm like, hmm, I'm not really sure what what she's going to be doing on this plane or like what uh, shard she's going to be aligned with or what, but. I don't know. Seems bad for whatever shards she's aligned with because she just normally is getting uh, kind of slapped around. So. Uh, what shard do you think she'll be in? Oh, man. I don't know. If I if I had to take a guess right now, I'm going to say with the demons because that's going to just throw everything completely out the window of what we normally know. And like I said, I think the demons might be the good guys in this one. So that would okay. They did the they did a very similar thing with the original Kamigawa. Like the humans were bad. That okay. were, like I don't know if you know the story of original Kamigawa, but Lord Konda stole that which should not be taken like from the gods and that's why there was a Kami war. Like humans started it. Okay. So it's like, okay, can we we've had humans bad, uh spirits good. For a set, maybe demons good, everybody else bad, <laughs> would be interesting. Yeah, it would be really weird, but eh, who knows? Yeah, I mean. yeah, it's uh, but we're getting uh, we're getting the triumphs. We're getting the completion of the triumph cycle. Uh, so that's that's interesting. It kind of gives us a little look into who's running each guild, a guild, each shard. Yeah. 
same thing. I mean, is the family who's yeah. running each family. Yeah. There's uh, the uh, the Naya Green Red White Land is Jetmir's Garden. Uh, Raffine's Tower is the Esper, so white, blue, black. Uh, Sparta's Headquarters, uh, green, white, blue. Uh, Xander's Lounge, blue, black, red. And Zatora's Proving Ground, black, red, green. Um, so I think that gives you a pretty good idea of who's, who's running each house. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I find that interesting too, you know, because, like, you got, you know, names in there like Xander. Like, it's like interesting, you know? Interesting to kind of get that look into the. Uh, it's like a name for Blade. Of stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm pretty interested in this set, honestly. Like, even without seeing any spoilers, the, the ideas going around in my head and what I'm kind of seeing online are. Making it seem pretty interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't normally think I would be a fan of, like, mobster-style stuff. But then again, at the same time, it kind of does remind me of, like, Ravnica in a way of just, like, there's just underground crime bosses and stuff yeah, like and that. Yeah, and they slapped so. a demon on the front art, so you were like, ah, you know what, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the... the the one art is a demon driving like a car with an angel as the what is that the hood ornament yeah yeah you know? like a bentley yeah like a bentley is <laughs> is pretty cool uh yeah so yep we got the the finishing of the triomes and uh so Moving on past that, uh, we have the pre-release pre-release kits. Uh, they're going to be broken up by family. So basically, when you go to your pre-release event, you are going to choose whatever crime family you want to represent during the uh, pre-release, and you'll pick a kit based off of that. So uh, I think that's kind of cool. I mean, I think that's already been done before. Basically, like uh, yeah. What they do that in like Strixhaven pre-release or whatever. You yep, and guilds. And guilds, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty standard uh, stuff. Uh, there's going to be a new ascendancy cycle. So uh, was that Cons of Tarkir? Maybe yeah, was the ascendancies. We got that. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. They spoiled the one. Uh, I think it was like uh, green, white, blue. Uh, and enchantment, you put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control for something. I can't remember the exact details of it off the top of my yeah. head. but uh, It was at the end step, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on each planeswalker you control. Okay, so that's pretty sweet, getting to put the loyalty counters on as well. That's, that's pretty decent for three mana enchantment. Yeah. Um... We're going to get five commander decks, one for each of the families. Uh, and something new with the commander precons, uh, each one is going to include a collector booster sampler pack. Now, what they say is each pack is going to have a foil common or uncommon, and the second slot will be a rare or mythic that can be a foil or a non-foil but we'll also have a, quote, collector booster fun treatment. Now, I have no idea what that means. I'm maybe thinking it might be kind of like a pre-release stamp 
type thingy or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what that means. Uh, a collector booster fun treatment, but uh, that's up to the imagination oh, as of right now. No, I think the collector booster treatment was the uh, cubist art. Did you see that? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. They released a a art of Broker's Ascendancy that's like a cubism. It looks real uh, abstract and like okay, very, all like, right, Picasso. yeah, all right. I know what you're saying now. I did. I seen a, a mountain. They showcased some lands and and one of the mountains. Well, was that was our that was art deco looking. Yeah, that was our deco. Okay, there's a lot of styles. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to. I know the triomes. They showcased three different versions of the triome lands. So there's going to be, you know, the regular one, the I like you're saying the cubist style one and I think the art deco style one of each one. So yeah, maybe maybe that's what it is. Um I didn't really see any more information on it. He, he was kind of like hush hush about it. Well, so. yeah, it's it's brand new and they're trying to still sell their fucking set that just came out. So <laughs> yeah. Uh each uh this whole set is going to include uh, box toppers. So if you buy a draft booster box, a set booster box, you're going to get a box topper included with that. Eh, for anybody who doesn't know what that is, uh, I'm not. I can't remember when they introduced box toppers, but it wasn't too long ago. Maybe a year and a half ago or so, two years ago yeah. maybe now. But it's basically you buy a box, you get a, a pack. I think it comes with one or two cards in it, and it's usually like a small pool of cards and typically they're a decent amount of money on the secondary market with the exception of a couple ones that you just get kind of hosed on but so i I wanted to check something uh on the ascendancy market but there were it was cons of tarkir where the ascendancies were printed except for guilds of ravnica that block had Simic Ascendancy. I was like, I think, oh, yeah. I think there's yeah. like a weird one-off in there, but I had to check, and I wanted to make sure there was just one. But yeah, the Ascendancy cycle is pretty solid. Yeah. Um, Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good, you're good. Um, in Japan, there's going to be a new version of set boosters. Now, this is only in the Japanese market, and they are reducing the number of cards in the set boosters down to 10 cards. They didn't really elaborate it on, it, on it too much. Basically, just said that uh, the Japanese market, like regional markets, North America, Europe, Japan, they all have different styles of, of cards and things that really sell in each region so they kind of uh alluded to that they're trying a product out there that they think's gonna sell decent there but they don't think it would sell good here so uh Hmm. yeah that's i mean i i don't know what to think of it if you want to buy 10 card set boosters from japan in in japanese that's your prerogative, but me, I'm, I don't really care unless there's going to be some crazy thing in yeah. it. But uh, outside of that, that pretty much like wraps up all the information we have so far on this set. Um, they also uh, gave a little bit of a schedule for the upcoming weeks, and that basically runs down like this. 
the 28th through the 5th, and today is uh, the 8th, I think, so okay. we're in here. So that's starting the storylines of New Capena. So if you go on, like, uh, Wizards of the Coast website or whatever, you can start to read the storyline. Uh, the 31st, uh, there's, there's a video story. 31st of next month, there's a video story that comes out. Uh, on the 7th, the video and previews will start. The 18th, the commander previews will begin, and the 22nd will be the pre-release. All of that being next month. Yep. So, um, so yeah, if you were, uh, you know, think they took the foot off the gas pedal, uh, fuck you. Here's more product. Yeah, they never take the foot off the gas pedal anymore. Nope. <laughs> Um, no, the uh, with the set boosters having the uh, secret layer cards, the uh, what the fuck is it? Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um, those were all themed around Innistrad, and I think that kind of sucked because we just were on Innistrad for three sets in a fucking row. Yeah, that was kind of annoying. I uh, oh no, I guess there were two sets. In two between. sets, and then we had double features. I don't count two, that. Which I don't count that no. either because it's basically just a mashup of both of the sets. So, so. yeah, Caldheim had a Praetor. Strixhaven didn't have a Praetor. Uh, Midnight Hunt didn't have a Praetor. Crimson Vow didn't have a Praetor. Neon Destiny had a Praetor. Okay, so there's three sets in between. Okay, possibly. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like they probably want to like get to the point though with this like Praetor thing. Like, I don't know. Maybe they will take a couple sets off in between having Praetors come, but I really feel like it's like starting to become a core theme of the current iteration of Magic Storyline is to get these Praetors and. I, I don't want to say a new uh, a new set of good guys. I mean, we all, we had the uh, the good guys for a decade or more, yeah. but I feel like they're starting to move in that direction of creating a new storyline of just ultimate evil and starting to bring in new planeswalkers that might be like the new good guys. Well, I mean. I think the goal of the Praetors, and this is complete speculation, but I think the goal of the Praetors is they're going to try and resurrect Yawgmoth. Okay. That's what I... They're, they will and like, resurrect the Machine Father. And right now, they're using uh, Tezzeret. They have Tamiyo. Yep. So... That's another thing. In Neon Destiny, they came out with a keyword called completed for Planeswalkers, and it says... This you know this planeswalker can either be paid with light two life or Phyrexian, or you know what I mean. Yeah. With two two life or the color, and who do you think is going to get completed? Man, I hope a shitload of people get completed. <laughs> I hope well, I hope they cut down the the planeswalker swath by like a third. I seen a video. I think it was Gavin Verhe, and he I didn't watch the video, but. He said, a new evergreen has come out of Kamigawa. 
and I've yet to see what that is. I've seen some speculation on it being completed. I thought it was modified. Modified? Is that? Yeah. Is that it? Because that was like a. That was a talk, um, along with the Goad conversation. Okay. That Goad is now Commander Evergreen. There will be Goad stuff in like Every all Commander of Commander product. Yeah. Okay. Which you love Goad. So. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, definitely. It's fun. Um, but yeah, that, I mean that to me that kind of just kind of goes already in with like just where we're at in Magic. I mean modified creatures. I mean that's like a lot of stuff you know that yeah. just encompasses so much of of magic i mean equipment auras plus one counters i mean i guess i can see that being a an evergreen keyword on stuff like this creature's modified you know it does or whatever. reconfigure or something like that but like i think completed won't be used once this storyline's over well, yeah, but this storyline could go on for a decade. Like, but like an one. evergreen means like every set. It'll be ever. It'll be all the time. It or at least it has the possibility of being it all the time. Like ninjutsu isn't going to make it in every set because that is uh, what do they yeah. call it? Um, it's like set specific, yeah. basically. There's a word for that, and I can't remember what it is. But yeah, so essentially, we'll see. Yeah, it might be something that's around for 10 years, but it's not going to be around forever versus something like, you know, trample and flying that, yeah, that's, that's ever that's ever forever. So, yeah. Okay. I definitely see that for sure. Oh, wait. I think it was just the ward. I think ward is now evergreen. Okay. All right. I can definitely see that because that's they, basically hexproof, but a little less. I think less. they retested it with uh, D&D, the D&D set. Where yeah. they gave a bunch of shit Ward. Yeah. And there's some stuff with Ward in this set. And I think Ward is the new evergreen keyword. They're retiring Hexproof forever. Ooh. Man. All right. Uh, I, I mean, I can get behind that, I guess. I mean, I don't specifically like that if they get rid of Hexproof. But at the same time, Ward, I think, is a really good mechanic. Whether it's Ward 1, 2, 3, or whatever you want it to be, I think it is very useful, and it really does hamper people targeting your stuff. But, on the other hand, Hexproof, I mean, you gotta have some stuff that's Hexproof. I mean, if you're just some badass legendary, man, you're, you're untouchable, you know? Like, or you're some crazy mage, like, you gotta have protection from something, you know? Sure, having, like, Ward 3 definitely makes a creature extremely strong. But people, especially in Commander, can easily generate three colorless mana and still be able to target you. So I still think Hexproof has its place. But if they choose to go to the lines of replacing Hexproof with Ward, I'm not totally opposed to it. But Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. Definitely... I liked, you know, I think Neon Destiny was a home run, but, you know. We'll see how Nuka Pena goes. Uh, interested to see the demonic the demonic lawyers. I think you're right. I think that's, like, the most interesting one of all of them. For me, it is. I yeah, mean. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I love it. Uh, this has been a, a shorter episode, so I kind of wanted to throw some... Uh, some finance 
stuff in here at the end of it for uh, some cards that have been moving in price over the last week. So uh, I'm just going to kind of run down the list of the top things, maybe the top 20 or so that have been moving in price. Uh, so starting that out, we have uh, Opal Archangel, which is a reserve list card, and it's now $23. It's up from about $4.50 over the last week. Uh, that's a pretty substantial uh, difference, but with all the buyouts going on in the uh, reserve list market, I think that'll probably end up holding around like $17, $18 if I had to take a guess. Yeah. Um, the uh, Richard Garfield card from the Unsets. Now, this is a is a pretty weird and spicy buyout. Uh, they basically bought out almost every single copy on uh, all the major card markets of this card, and it went from being about a dollar twenty five to about six dollars and fifty cents. Now, uh, I assume it'll go back down, but I just thought that was an interesting buyout. An onset card, uh, the creator of magic. Maybe there's some reasons why people are are buying it out. The one person might just be obsessed with Richard Garfield or something. But uh, yeah, seemed interesting. Uh, the next one is Heidi Getsu consumes all. Hidetsugu. Hidetsugu, which uh, is from the new Kamigawa set, uh, went from four dollars to fifteen dollars. It, it's uh, it's being played as a Grixis finisher. Uh, in Legacy. Okay. All right. Well, if it's being played in Legacy, it's definitely going to you know, fetch a price. So yeah. that definitely makes sense. Um, Urborg Justice, uh, which is a reserve list card, that went from about $10 to about $30. Um, just probably backed on Buy. being freaking reserve list buyouts. Yeah, fucking. What are you um, going to do? After that, we got Reconnaissance Mission. Uh, that one went from about $1.50 to 3 bucks, so basically doubled up. Uh, I'm not really sure why off the top of my head. I can't think of what that card does. Uh, I think I it's a know. white card. If I can't remember. No, uh, Reconnaissance is a Reconnaissance is a white card. Enchantment that lets you move your creatures out of, uh, out of battle, and they take no damage. Um, but... I'm not really sure exactly what that is. Um, JB will get it. But moving on, we have Ancient Ruins that went from about a dollar twenty-five to close to three bucks. Oh, it was the printing of the card in uh, the Ikoria decks, I think, that was essentially coastal piracy. It's like whenever a creature you control deals combat damage, you draw a card with cycling. Okay, yep, that was it. I just didn't notice the set symbol on here. It must be uh, a different printing of it than the Ikora printing, but yeah. Uh, Drowned in, Drown in Dreams went from $4 to $7.50. Um, that is a blue X2 and a white instant speed spell that says, Choose one. If you control a commander as you cast a spell, you may choose both. Target player draws X card. Target player mills twice X. Interesting. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's been a lot of mill stuff going on lately, like a lot. So I can I can see it's an instant speed spell. So, uh, yeah, it's in blue. So there's a lot of infinite mana combos you can do to mill your opponents out or something. So uh, after that, we have the uh, March of Otherworldly Light. From the new Kamigawa set went from about two bucks to close to four. 
we have intruder alarm. Now this one has a uh, huge combo potential now with the uh, new precon from Kamigawa, the blue white vehicles. Shorkai. Yep. Uh, a lot of people using that uh, mirror style infinite combos with yep. it, creating the uh, pilot tokens. Uh, so yeah, uh, every copy of that has basically uh, doubled in price over the last week. Uh, then we have Sphere of Safety, which went from about five bucks to about eight dollars. Uh, Sigil of the Empty Throne. Uh, I think that's from uh, Time Time Shifted Time Spiral. Uh, went from two fifty to four bucks. Uh, well, Mishra's Factory, the fall version from Antiquities. Oof, that one went from uh, four hundred dollars to six hundred dollars. So big gains on that one. Uh, Felidar Umbra went from two fifty to four bucks. Uh, now this one I, I'm interested into. I think this is coming off the back of all the enchantment stuff. Is the uh, Edelon of Blossoms, four mana enchantment creature, spirit two two with constellation. Whenever Edelon of Blossoms or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, you draw a card. I've been seeing a lot of uh, enchantment builds out there lately. A lot of support going on for that. So I'm assuming that's just purely based on the. Uh, the Selesnia style enchantment builds going on right now. Um, we got Nomad Mythmaker from uh, what's that set? I'm not sure the uh, the scales. Oh, that is uh, Judgment. Judgment. Okay, uh, that went from three twenty five up to about five bucks. It's all about. Uh, is there a Wind Windwalker on here too? The fucking. It might not be on here. But Nomad Mythmaker uh, moves auras from one thing to another. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense with all the uh, enchantment builds going on. Yeah. And it might also move equipments, but I think it's just... Like, Nomad Mythmaker, I think, is just, just auras. Not entirely sure. I mean, I've been liking all the support for equipments and auras both. I mean, being able to move things oh, around on different stuff. Yeah, it's a target enchant creature card from a graveyard into play enchanting a creature. So you tap it with one white and put something from your grave into play. Okay. All right, yeah. It's really funny to look at the, like, price. Like, it's just been garbage forever. Yeah, and then just like since 20, what, almost 2019, it's started to yeah. slowly tick up and climb. Yeah, a lot of these old cards really have done that, which is funny, actually. I, I own a foil copy of that card and couldn't even think of what it was. <laughs> so, uh, that tells you how much it sees play in my builds. Um, moving on after that, we got Heliod's Intervention. Uh, that went from 550 to 8 bucks. Personally, I like the card. I think Hinata. it's actually a really good card. It's Hinata. Oh, for sure. That that deck is is nasty. I love that deck. Actually, it's like one of my favorite like decks over the last like probably six months that I've seen come about. Like you've I, built it. Uh, Josh has built it. You guys built it two completely different ways, but both ways I like it. I like yours a little bit better because I think it's funner than stacks. But <laughs> you know. 
not hard to be more fun than stacks. But I, I really do like that card. Uh, after that, we got Ninja of the Deep Hours going from $3 to about $4.50. Uh, Blatant Thievery from Onslaught going from uh, $6.50 to $9. Aurelia's Fury uh, going from 4 bucks to $5.50. Kaikar's Fury going from $7 to $10. Uh, Umbra Mystic going from six twenty-five to about nine bucks. Uh, Pariah from uh, uh, Conspiracy Two, I believe, going from uh, two seventy-five to three seventy-five. Godo going up two bucks. Reliquary Towers. I keep seeing Reliquary Towers popping up. A bunch of different printings of them keep going up. Uh, it's went up from 350 to uh, 475, and that's for the uh, I believe the commander uh, commander 21 oh, wow. copy, and that is like a brand new copy of the card with just a regular plain art, non foil, is about five dollars. Now wow. I know I have like 50 of these. I'm about to start buy listing because. Like, all these copies are so high, and I don't understand why. Like, I, I've, I went over this card a while back with some other people, talking about when I first started playing Magic, how this card and uh, the land that taps for two mana, if you have uh, meet the requirement. I can't remember what it is. It's two colors. Uh I never run it in any of my decks anymore because it's always a dead card because it taps for nothing unless you have, I think, three lands in play, maybe four, but then it taps for two. Ah, oh, man, what is that? It used to be a really big card, used all the time, and now it's just kind of like barely ever sees play. Reliquary Tower is basically the same way to me. New players start out, they see unlimited hand size, and they just think it's an auto-include in every deck. But in the reality of it, you don't really need Reliquary Tower in your deck unless your deck draws a shitload of cards. So for me, I really feel like this is just like a hype train thing. Or well, I also think the Reliquary Tower is, is an include to foil decks that rely on uh, pumping everyone's hand size and then making you discard. True, but these are non-foil copies going yeah. for five bucks, which is just weird to me. That's I true. I mean, I have a foil copy of it, and like I said, about 50 regular copies of it. I never would have thought it would be a $5 land. Never. So, never in my life. Not with as many printings as there are of it. Yeah, there is a ton. But, uh, yeah, keeping it going down the list, it's uh, basically everything starting to be like, you know, $3, $5 price increases we got the wandering emperor on there another uh reserve list card uh seeds of innocence we got the dracula land swamp which is like a promo i think it's a black and white style swamp uh silent blade oni you know i mean the yeah. list goes on for a long ways we don't need to go on and on but, but it was like what the top 25 or something like that? yeah so i mean those are the the bigger movers of the past uh, seven days so well, yeah, uh, and as soon as more info on New Capenna comes out, we will definitely be releasing another episode, especially when they drop the commander decks and the lists, because I want to go over those pretty... Five new decks is pretty solid, and um, uh, on that, we are also working on 
getting together a uh, kind of a, a look back on the stuff that we missed. So that would be uh, Midnight Hunt, the second, like the secondary, like Midnight Hunt Market and uh, mm -hmm. Crimson Val, and some of the secret layers and stuff that came out through that uh, period of time when we were AFK. But uh, yeah, and uh, I just wanted to mention again, we have a giveaway going on right now for the uh, Innistrad Double Features poster, uh, shop promo poster, pretty sick poster in my opinion. I'll try to post some more pictures of it. And I don't think the last picture I posted was like too good showcasing the whole entire thing. But yeah, that giveaway is still going on. So if you listen to this podcast, uh, Ruthless Technomancer is the passphrase for that giveaway. So just DM me at MTG underscore survivalist on Instagram or the uh, Commander's Vault on Instagram. Either one of those will get you entered in. And if you for some reason you're uh, following us and listening to us and you don't have Instagram, just uh, send me an email at thecommandersvault at gmail.com with that passphrase. That'll get you entered in there. Definitely want to see some more uh, people enter that giveaway. So, Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's all we got. We just wanted to share some of the new preview stuff from New Capenna, and if you hadn't seen it, you can go check it out. Uh, thanks again for listening. I'm JB. And I'm Dale. And you have a good one.